Welcome back to Suru's podcast. In the previous chapter, we heard a very extravagant way in which Guru Hargobind and the wedding party all mounted up, decked out in weapons and bling, jewelry, making their way towards the village of Vatala, where the marriage of Baba Gurudatta, Guru Hargobind's eldest son, would take place. This, mind you, is also the same village where Guru Nanak married Mata Sulakhani. And there are to this day two Gurdwaras there marking spots related to the Guru Nanak's wedding. So in the previous episode, it ended with Guru Hargobind mounting on an elephant. Other senior members of the family were jumping into palanquins as they all made their way to the village. So chapter 60 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind was on his elephant, making their way towards the village with the entire wedding party, many doles being played and countless other instruments being played as well. There were trumpets, bells, flutes, larger drums being played, and their sound waves traveled through the air like thunder. There were other drums as well, which were mounted on camels. They were being played very loudly. It was so loud that you couldn't hear what anybody was saying. On one side, you had the noise from all the horses. On the other, you had the wheels making noise from all the chariots and palanquins. Wherever you went in the beautiful wedding party, there was just this massive uproar of noise. The warriors were shooting off their rifles on the way there. The horses were making very loud neighing sounds. As they were traveling along, they were throwing money on the ground, making it rain, which attracted countless unfortunate and poor people who were collecting up the money. All the sons were throwing money out in the air like a massive cloud that never stopped raining. When they got close to the village, the wedding party was greeted by all the villagers. The wedding party looked so stunning. The coming together of everybody there was just overflowing like a massive wave in the ocean. And the just stunning, gorgeous, lightning-like women with golden faces and embroidered scarves who were on the top of the houses of that village, they all looked like lava flowing out of the ocean. Eventually, everyone, men, women, they all flowed out of the gate of the village, spreading across that whole area. Guru Hargobind looking like the full moon, the wedding party looking like the radiance of the moon, and the entire village appearing like beautiful waves in the ocean. It was as if there was a full moon during broad daylight there. There was such an uproar there and money was raining down from everyone throwing it around. Guru Hargobind approached the house of the bride. The flags of the Guru were of countless colors, leading the group with battle drums sounding off. Everyone in the village seeing the wedding party was so happy. Baba Gurdataji was mounted on a mare, a female horse, and he was hoping to arrive soon at his to-be in-law's house. At that moment, Rama came with many offerings, Rama being the father of the bride. He came with his hands clasped. He placed them, the offerings in front of Guru Hargobind and then bowed down. He didn't hug Guru Hargobind, thinking that they were equals. He kept the respect of Guru Hargobind. He didn't listen to other people who were telling him, hey, it's the Milni, just grab the Guru by the arm and hug him. He didn't listen to any of that. He bowed down devotionally to Guru Hargobind. And after all the traditions were performed, everybody then went to Rama's house. They were still throwing money on the way there. And everybody in the village seeing this was so happy. Baba Gurdita, he stood at Rama's house and people lit lamps there in front of him for an arti ceremony. All the women of the house were praising the young groom. They were saying to each other, wow, 
Just like how beautiful Rama's daughter is, she's got a match just as stunning. May this couple live together for the four ages. So the families did all their familiar and traditional customs and then everybody got up and then everybody set up. The horses were tied up, the encampment was constructed. Rama immediately sent a messenger to that wedding party where they were uh, set up that they should all come eat. After that, they'll do the lava and the fere. Everybody in the camp heard this. They got up with pleasure. Instruments were being played as Guru Hargobind, along with the entire wedding party, made their way over to Rama's house. Fireworks were being shot off now, which the villagers, they saw and they greatly enjoyed. There were countless sparklers and torches being lit up. There were these types of fireworks that lit up in the pattern of flowers in the sky, making such a large noise. And at that time, when all the fireworks were being shot up into the sky, it was getting dark. But with all that light in the sky, it seemed like it was still daytime. They made effigies of different devtas and devis, horrible, scary-looking ones too, some of horses and elephants, all of which were filled with gunpowder and blown up as fireworks. Guru Hargobin was traveling along towards the house, looking at all these different spectacles, before reaching Rama's house. There, there was a beautiful sandalwood seat seated there and they had placed out sheets on the ground for everybody as well. Guru Hargobin sat on that sandalwood seat. Everybody else lined up and sat down on the ground. They beautifully distributed seven types of food to everybody, which included large laddus, jalebiyan as well. There were all sorts of fruits and mixed nuts and all were placed in front of the wedding party which they ate with such delight. The food itself was so tasty and delightful. While everybody was seated there, the women with lotus-like eyes and nightingale-like voices began singing sweetly, taking the names of the people in the wedding party. They were swearing at them. They were singing from the tops of the houses, sitting there. Now this swearing, the cussing of people at the wedding party is done for fun. It wasn't serious. It's a tradition continued on till today called Sitchni. So the wedding party was sitting there enjoying it all. And after eating, they got up, but not before placing some money into their plates, which in which they had just eaten, uh, essentially as a tip or a donation to the poor servers who were picking up the plates. So they performed all the other customs, festivities with instruments playing in the background. And then Guru Hargobind and everybody went back to their encampment, looking so gorgeous and splendid. They freshened up for a little bit before then being called back to that wedding ceremony. So Guru Hargobind took a few senior Sikhs and elders with him, along with his son Baba Gurditta, who led the charge as they entered the house. Baba Gurditta was seated near the fire. They did the ceremony sparkling water in homage of the nine heavenly beings, the Noong Grehe, then they did the fire worship and walked around it as a Brahmin was reciting passages, mantras from the Vedas. This was all done as Baba Gurudatta and his wa wife were walking around the fire. Rama commenced all the other ceremonies as well as told to them by the Brahmin they are performing the ceremonies. Guru Hargobind gave great amounts of charity and respect to those performing the ceremonies and they were all so happy. After this, everyone went back to their encampment and they spent the night there peacefully sleeping. Before dawn the next day, the battle drums were sounding off and everybody got up and dressed. 
Guru Hargobind with his son, Gurudatta, and some others headed out to some spots associated with Guru Nanak. At that point, Saidas, a brother-in-law of Guru Hargobind, the uncle of Baba Gurudatta, asked, Why are we bowing down here? What's important about this spot? Guru Hargobind then told Saindas the story of Guru Nanak's wedding, explaining, It is here that Guru Nanak came and did the fere, the lama, in the house of Mula. So everybody there worshipped and bowed down at the spot before then being called back to Rama's house for more food. Guru Hargobind then mounted a palanquin and traveled there with the wedding party. Around Guru Hargobind's head, a servant, a Sikh, was flying a whisk so beautifully, and the Guru was dressed in a sparkling white long jama, a tunic. Guru Hargobind was holding this very thin flower stick which was, he was waving around. And wherever Guru Hargobind would look over, countless people were standing and bowing down. And slowly, slowly they reached the house of Rama, and out of respect they all ran out to greet the Guru with their hands clasped. They were respectfully saying, Oh, blessed are you, nourisher of the meek. They had that very fine sandalwood seat set up for the Guru where the Guru sat. Rama convinced the Guru after bowing down and requesting over and over again to them. The other elders like Mohri, the son of Guru Amardas, they also found elevated positions for them to sit at at that time. And again, they served out some amazing food. They were putting so much on their plates that they wouldn't need seconds. They had pistachios, almonds, dried grapes and other nuts, fruits which were really sweet. Everybody ate while the women were happily singing their songs, insulting people. They were singing songs of happiness as well, and everybody, after eating, was so full. They again placed money down for the servers, and everybody performing all their festivities headed back to their encampment. They had a massive fan that looked like a sun at the front of the wedding party, along with guards with gold staffs. The bards and singers were also singing off now the praise of the Guru, which was heard in everybody's ears. All the young warriors of Guru Hargobind were in front, traveling along, not afraid of anyone. They eventually got back to their encampment where they rested, sitting down, still decked out in their clothes and jewelry. Countless unfortunate people came and received money from the Masans as charity. So it was night and everybody slept. The next day, in the early hours of the day, everybody got up and bathed. Guru Hargobind then said to everybody, everybody get ready, ready your horses, your palanquins. So everybody heard this, quickly got ready, mounting up on a palanquin himself. The Guru then began the trip. Sainthas was mounted on a horse. While speaking, they went to the auspicious spot of Guru Nanak, Mohri and Datu, and everybody else also wanted to see with their own eyes the spots associated with Guru Nanak. So they were following Guru Hargobind. They received the divine sight of these spots and bowed down on the ground. They made prashad there as an offering for the Guru. They then heard the Balaval Chonki Kirtan recited for about four hours after sunrise. Everybody listening to it was just taken away at how beautifully it was sung. Everyone stood up, did an ardas before then mounting up again to another spot. Here, Sayandas again asked, What is the story here associated with Guru Nanak? Why did we come here? Guru Hargobind replied, Goraknath and the other Sids, they came here. There was a vast mela here. Guru Nanak came here to remove the great pride they had. They saw Guru Nanak and they tried to show their own powers. But Guru Nanak, with all his strength and powers, defeated them and took away their ego. 
They all bowed down to his lotus-like feet, and nobody continued to fight with them. He defeated them like how an elephant can't stand in front of a tiger. That's why this is a very important, auspicious spot, and in receiving its darshan divine sight, one received great virtue. So Guru Hargobind told everyone this and then headed back to their encampment. Rama heard they were back and immediately sent more delicious foods, satisfying everybody there. And in this way, three days were spent there in Vatala. And all the congregations nearby that area heard about it, heard that the Guru had come here to marry his son, and they all came running to see the Guru. They would bring with them whatever they could, and they would bow down, making their eyes fruitful and seeing the Guru. For these three days, the congregations would just keep coming, requesting, and praying to Guru Hargobin, and having all their desires fulfilled. In such enthusiasm and excitement, these celebrations were enjoyed, and everybody was just blown away by them. That's how chapter 60 concludes. In the next chapter, we'll hear how the group travels back to Amritsar, where the Mela of Vasakhi is being celebrated. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharya Patreon page. <laughs>